Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. With me, of course, as always, is the one and only Chase Zawoski of 670 The Score of the I'm Fat Podcast. He's all those things and more. Jay, happy new year, buddy. We're here talking about Blackhawks hockey, and in exactly one week, we will be dropping the puck for Rizzles. Yeah. Wow. I just, I just had the realization that it's a week from today. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, lots of exciting hockey things are happening, not necessarily with the Blackhawks, but the, uh, we had the World Junior Championships last night, but we do have the Blackhawks on the ice. We have all sorts of Blackhawks news, and of course, we're going to get to it. Uh, also, coming up in the coming days, we'll start releasing, probably two at a time, our division previews. We're not doing the traditional division rivals because we're short on time, but we're going to do Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, and Tampa for you, and we'll be all the newbies basically. Yeah, so we'll be releasing those as the week goes on. We're actually recording our Red Wings uh, preview today with Len Casper, so look for that around Friday. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Madhouse Pod, Instagram at Madhouse underscore Pod. Find us on Facebook, and uh, did I say email us MadhousePod at gmail dot com. Check out our merchandise shop powered by our friends at Triple Threat Sports madhousepodmerch.com. I need to do a better job promoting that because it's really cool stuff. Went and saw Chris at Triple Threat this weekend, uh, and the stuff looks great. So Triple Threat Sports, for all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. So I think the biggest piece of news we need to address first is Dylan Strom has finally signed. It's a two-year deal, a $3 million cap hit per year. Uh, he will be a restricted free agent after the contract. So... Um, you know, maybe a little more than people were hoping for, considering Strom didn't really have much leverage. But if we think back to our conversations, you know, leading up to um, the stoppage and looking ahead to what was going to be the summer, I think everyone should be very pleased with $3 million for Dylan Strom. 
Yeah, and I, and I think I had mentioned that on Twitter after the uh, signing was announced that it was probably more than I thought he was going to get just based, like you said, Jay, on the fact that he didn't have much leverage. The Blackhawks didn't seem to be in a big rush to sign him, and I know that obviously the absence of Kirby Doc and Jonathan Taves probably changed the calculus a little bit, mm-hmm. but so did the COVID-19 pandemic too. Like There were a lot of different factors at play here that were going to probably prevent him from getting the type of contract that he had probably anticipated on getting when he ended up hitting restricted free agency. But I still think at the end of the day, like this is probably a fair market offer, right? I think that we've talked extensively about how much Dylan Strome would be worth to the Blackhawks, at least in terms of the finances of everything. And he definitely, I think, is probably around that area. I thought he would get maybe $2 million, maybe a little bit less than what he ended up getting, just based on everything that's been kind of going on with the franchise, with the world. And I just I think $3 million is fine. And I also think that a two-year deal is eminently movable if they do end up really hitting something with P.S. Suter, if they really like what they see out of Kirby Doc next season, if Jonathan Taves is able to come back at full strength and healthy. This is a very movable contract, I think, and I think that's something the Blackhawks would consider if all those things end up coming to pass. And obviously, I feel like this puts them in a good position both on the ice right now because it at least gives you a confirmed number one center right now. We can argue about whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. Thing, but at least it gives you that. It gives you another top six forward. It keeps him happy, keeps him in the fold. And like I said, ends up being tradable later if those guys do end up kind of coming back and contributing uh, in a big way this season and next season. You also will have, uh, in two years, you'll have Connor Murphy's deal off the books, Calvin DeHaan's deal off the books, uh, Ryan Carpenter. Not that that's a big deal. It's only a million bucks. But some bigger contracts, those guys will all be unrestricted free agents after that time. So you're looking at... Um, you know, close to nine million, ten million dollars total there between those three guys. So, and then you're a year away from Kane, DeBrincat, Keith, and Taves' contracts all expiring too. That's insane to think about. Yeah, that's all happening at the same time. So, uh, DeBrincat will be a restricted free agent after 2022-23. But we're way ahead of ourselves here. Uh, I'm just happy it's done. I listened to Dylan Strom's press, press conference the other day. And it does not sound like there's any bad blood. I think both sides sort of understood where the other was at. And uh, I always forget, Dylan Strom is a really good and thoughtful talker. We should try to get him on the podcast this season because he sounds great. He's really uh, energetic um, and sort of interested in the in the interview. He's not like one of those kind of cookie-cutter answer guys. He's actually sort of thoughtful. And I think... He just has such a sleepy appearance that sometimes we just assume that he's a sort of a sleepy guy. But uh, no, he's not. He sounded really great uh, talking to the media and sounds ready to go. Another guy, by the way, who sounds ready to go is Andrew Shaw, who was talking today. And that dude is going to be ready to play and uh, sounds like he's fully healthy. And regardless of what you think of his role on the team, it's good to see a guy who's been through as much as he's been through you know, ready to go, ready to play and feeling fully confident to to be his full self out there on the ice. We might as well talk about his role then. I mean, it kind of dovetails nicely into the where they've been slotting in Dylan Strome in the lineup too. For those Blackhawks fans who haven't been paying attention to the first couple days of training camp, which obviously it's training camp. There's no preseason games. Like, yeah, there are scrimmages, but whatevs. The Lines that they've been running out in training camp, I know we're not really supposed to kind of look at those as anything set in stone, especially since they've been divvying up the players into multiple groups. 
The top two lines, though, have been relatively consistent the first few days. You've had Dylan Strom centering that top line with Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane. We kind of had talked about Strom and Dabrinkit being reunited. Weren't really sure where Kane was going to kind of fit into the mix. And then the second line, which I'm really interested in because it ended up kind of confirming one of my theories and kind of wish list items, Pius Suter centering Dominic Kubelik and Andrew Shaw. Jay Zawoski, I look at those lines and I think to myself, A, I wonder if Carl Soderberg ends up slotting into that Andrew Shaw role at times to kind of spell Shaw, give him some rest, kind of ease him back into the mix. And then I also wonder to myself, they really are that high on P.S. Suter, aren't they? Maybe. Yeah, it's hard to tell because with the absence of Soderberg makes a difference, right? Like the fact that he's not there yet because of visa issues um that 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 like immigration not the credit card yes exactly (laughs) yes credit cards fine trust me um but no the the, yeah the the immigration issues uh are holding him out of camp but i was surprised and i know Suter played um you know he played center in the national league and and that's that was a natural position i think we all sort of assumed like well come to the nhl and be a winger and i like the fact that i think it's interesting that he's with uh kubelik on the wing two guys coming from uh, the Czech League, mm-hmm. you know, two guys with very similar paths where they were the leading scorer in the MVP entering their NHL season. Uh, I'm I'm very interested to see how those two look together. And this is what, you know, this is why the preseason not happening is really tough because you don't get to see these guys in game scenarios and see what the chemistry looks like in game speed. But I'm very pleased to see that they're not afraid to sh- to give Peter Su- Peter Peter Suter a look on the uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do that a lot I think on the uh, on the second line or what I I guess you could call the second line at this point I'm all for it man give opportunities and that's what we've been talking about all off season you've got guys who you feel are close to NHL ready give them real opportunities without Doc without Taves you've got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely correct, and I 100% agree with you that giving Suter that chance is something that you can afford to do as a team right now because of the fact that you're just kind of looking for pieces that are going to work. And when you look at his skill set and you look at his stats and you look at all of those things about Pia Suter, second-line center does seem like a really smart place to put him. Like I know that obviously if Jonathan Taves and Kirby Doc were here, obviously he would probably be, like you said, he'd probably be a winger on the second or the third line, but... You know, necessity kind of ends up being the mother of invention, I think. And the fact that they're able to slot him into this center spot not only speaks highly to where they think he is as a player, it also potentially benefits the team later on down the road because we've seen it time and again throughout the NHL. What is the key to success in the NHL? It's building up your center depth and being able to line up four centers, four or five centers that can potentially win faceoffs, that can be solid offensive contributors, can play defense. Like it's really key to have a lot of really good centers. And if you can get P.S. Suter into the NHL right away and developing at that center position, especially with a talented winger like Dominic Kubelik and yes, Andrew Shaw as well. I think that that's only good for his development. It's only good for the Blackhawks, for their scouting department to kind of instantly be able to kind of get this look and be like, all right, what do we got here? Like there's, I kind of like this idea of throwing him into the deep end of the pool in a 56 game NHL season. You got nothing to lose, man. You might as well just see what you got here. And I like that they're being aggressive with that. Yeah. And remember, uh, Suter is 24 years old, so he's not like a kid, you know, coming into the league from junior. He's got a, 
an NHL physique, right? He's got an adult physique. I know sometimes these young players come up and they have to kind of grow into their bodies. Just remember this, like seven, eight years from now, uh, remember to go back and look at rookie photos of Kirby Doc, and you're going to be like, God, he was so lanky and awkward, and you know, <laughs> like, like we do now with uh, rookie pictures of Duncan Keith or Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane. They look mm-hmm. like babies, and they they really do like growing into their bodies uh, helps in their development. And, and Suter's already there, so I think plugging him in there and then having the connection with um, with Kubalik is 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 a really solid idea. And it's it is kind of hard to make sense of these lines because they do change every day, but you know, what we saw on the fifth, which was Tuesday, it was the two lines you mentioned. Then your third line was Walmart, Yanmark, and Peary. Which, by the way, I totally called. Yanmark and Walmark being together. The so marks. you're welcome. And then Camp, Highmore, and Carpenter. Now, again, I'm not going to freak out about this, but the Peary thing, which is funny because those that have listened to this podcast in the past know that I used to stump for Brandon Peary to play more. <laughs> you know, like, like, why is he playing? Why isn't Brandon Bullock playing? And why isn't Peary playing? Now that Peary's 30 and we know what he is, it's like, yeah, put Kurashev in that spot. Put Entwistle in that spot. Put our beloved Chalupa in that spot. I want to see young players play. And I know that Peary maybe gives you a better immediate result, but this year is not about results. With Kane, I'm sorry, with Taves and with Doc Healthy, maybe you worry about that at first and say, all right, let's see what we got here. And I'm on board for that. But now with really nothing to play for this season aside from development, every available spot should be used for a kid. Uh, and I know they're not all going to be immediately ready, but find the ones that are ready and play them. I don't need to see Brandon Peary. If we were together, like in a studio right now, you would have seen me raising my hand while you were talking about Brandon Peary. I wanted to throw a theory out there. A theory on Peary, if you will? A, the- a Peary theory, yes. Placeholder. He's a placeholder for Carl Soderberg. Yeah. Your response. Possibly. I, I mean, that makes sense. I think that's that line with Janmark and Walmark, I think, is a perfect slot for Soderberg to slide into, especially if you and I are correct. Well, you specifically. I'm going to give you the majority of the credit on this because I kind of had pushed it to the back of my mind. You pointed out correctly that Soderberg last season wasn't playing a lot of center because of that wrist injury, and I'm wondering if the Blackhawks are still going to maybe have him out on the wing again. And if he is, that's that line with Walmart and Janmark, I think, could be a perfect slot for him to slot in or spot for him to slot into. I'm just going to go ahead and you know <laughs> do the on-air edits, I guess. I, I think that's a perfect spot for him to land in if that's where the Blackhawks envision it. And if that's the case, let Brandon Peary be the placeholder. I mean, it's a role that he's probably pretty used to playing with the Blackhawks, you would think. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not – look, it's – again, it's the second or third day of training camp. I'm not going to – there's nothing to freak out about. And even if he plays the first few games, fine. Because, honestly, like, I'd rather see – the young guys I mentioned, but I don't know their level of readiness. I'm not there at practice. We're not allowed to be there at practice. I, you know, and, and my experience with, with Khrushchev is limited to preseason stuff. You know, um, I, I, I'm not going to get really, really mad about it because that would be disingenuous, but I just, I just don't want to lose sight of the fact that this, what this year needs to be. And I want Cowton and Bowman to realize that as well. And I know sometimes when you're that close to it, it's hard and you want to try to maximize the points, we're going to surprise some people. No, you're not. The Hawks are going to be one of the worst teams in hockey this year, and it's it's fine. It's okay that it's going to be that way. It's just like we knew they weren't going to be very good when fully healthy. Now without their two best centers out, 
with their two best centers out, it's going to be bad. So use this opportunity you have. And a little bit of good news on that front, by the way. Um, Zach Smith, uh, who is now healthy, was waived, and he will be part of Rockford when Rockford becomes Rockford again. And if you read the interview with Stan Bowman in The Athletic today, and I encourage you, you should, it's really good, um, it looks like Zach Smith won't even be on the taxi squad. What Bowman is saying is until the AHL season begins, they want as many young players on that taxi squad as possible so they can be coached by the NHL coaches, playing with the NHL players, and getting the best possible development they can. I love that idea. That's the first real choice that Bowman had to make, right, is what do, what do we do with Zach Smith? Since we missed the buyout window since he was injured, they couldn't buy him out because he was hurt. Now that he's here, what do we do? He's waived, and he's not on the taxi squad, leaving spots open for young players. So, so far, so good on that front. Um, and, and we'll see how the lineup looks a week from today. Holy moly, a week from today. Are you a little bit surprised that they weren't able to potentially maybe find a trade partner for him? It's a lot of money. It's only one year, though. I know. It's, I just don't, like, in this economy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love saying that like sarcastic. What in this economy? But really, truly, in this NHL economy, three point two five million—that's a tough pill to swallow, right? Yeah. Like, that, like there's not a lot of teams that are going to be like, okay, well, this guy can't really play. And that who sounds knows? like more of a deadline deal, anyway. Maybe, yeah. I mean, and if he plays well and stays healthy when Rockford starts up, maybe he adds some value to a team looking to add some veteran depth or whatever. February fifth, by the way, for those of you, uh, I believe that's February fifth, right? The AHL is looking to get started. Uh, I believe that's correct. Yes. What am I important? Da- I had an important. important the uh, NHL yeah, the AHL. Sheet. For those of you who don't know, there will be, I believe, three teams that opted out of the AHL this season. The Ice Hogs will be playing. So, and I believe they will be playing in Rockford. I know that some AHL teams have said that they were going to join their NHL uh, counterparts in whatever city they were in, but it looks like the Ice Hogs will be playing in Rockford. So, well. We'll see what happens with Zach Smith, but I just like the fact that they identified that, saw he was waived, and or waived him, and then said, "Okay, taxi squad, you're, we're not keeping you here. We got young players we need to look at. That's a good thing." Uh, you know what else is a good thing, James? Marishka's and Crest Hill. They mm. are our day one Madhouse podcast sponsors. They've been with us since the beginning, and we love them for their support. Um, we tell you every week, small businesses need your help. And I know that dine-in is closed a lot of places. It doesn't mean you can't place an order and go pick it up and go tip the staff nicely and then go home and eat your delicious Marishka's. Get yourself a poor boy. Get yourself that double baked potato, the Yodel Burger. I love every week when people head to Marishka's, they send us pictures on Twitter. Hey, look oh. what I'm eating. It's like, mm. It's like, God, I that hate you. <laughs> Stop being so awesome. Yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. Marishka's is great. You'll love it. Uh, head out there, place an order, uh, eat it in your car if you want to. I've done that before. I I'm, I have no shame. Just bring a lot of bibs because that, <laughs> that, that garlic butter and that poor boy will get you. 604 Theater Street. They're family owned and operated since 1933. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So go visit our friends at Marishka's in Crest Hill. All right. Some other bits of news. Uh, to start camp, Brent Seabrook, unfit to play. Okay. As was Evan Barrett. As was Evan Barrett. And unfit to participate is the exact term they're using. And Same th- term they used, I believe, before the uh, bubble in Edmonton. Correct. So I want to read this exchange uh, between Mark Lazarus and Sam Bowman. Quote, Brent Seabrook has been unfit to participate. Do you have an update on him? I mean, any specifics? 
Here's what Sam Bowman says. That's what we're going with with this training camp. I think that changes in a regular season. That's an NHL rule, so no, I don't have any more updates on that other than, yeah, he's unfit to participate and he's not on the ice now. Mark Lazarus, is it related to the surgeries? Is he still recovering or is he 100% in that respect? Bowman, no, it's not related to the surgeries. He was pretty close to being ready this summer. Not quite there, but that was back in July. It's not related. So whatever this is with Brent Seabrook, and I'm not going to speculate, uh, it is not related to the surgeries he had last year. Uh, and like like we sort of speculated last week, is he should be close to ready to go as he was almost ready to play in July. So this is a different thing. So who knows what it is? I guess we'll find out uh, a week from today when the official season begins. But uh, no Brent Seabrook right now, and and you know that's <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> is it time to uh, start on wild, baseless uh, speculation? Do we want to say that he was involved in some type of nuclear accident and now has the third arm growing from his chest? Hey, you know what? That's really good for warding off defensemen. <laughs> uh that's like uh that's hosa had a well never mind i'm not gonna say hosa had a third arm i, I almost say, said that, that means something entirely different to blackhawks <laughs> fans let's not tread down that path i almost said on the podcast james that hosa has a third arm but i didn't say it aren't you proud of me i'm i'm so proud of you that you almost said that hosa had a third third arm and then didn't say it that's I really had, great i had the restraint to not say that hosa had a third arm and i deserve credit for that and i appreciate it that you're giving it to me I feel like we're punching this joke into the ground. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> what do we, we want to talk about defensive pairings? Do we want to like kind of wildly speculate about those with Brent Seabrook being out? Yeah, we already speculated that he had some sort of nuclear disaster, so we might as well speculate on, de- on the defensive pairings. Go for it. Okay, so <clears throat> the defensive pairings for the Blackhawks, Duncan Geith and Connor Murphy. Hang on. I know. Hang I on. am shocked Hold by on. this. Hold on. What Audience, what you're hearing is is James and I just losing it because there's been so little hockey over the last year. We just need the damn puck to drop. I promise I, you. I'm, I'm Okay, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm legitimately interested in their bottom two pairings. There, I said it. No, I am too. It's just like when you hear us losing control, understand where it's coming from. That's all I'm saying. We're, I thought it was just our slow descent into madness based on the madness in the world around us. Well, that doesn't help. Nah, it never helps. No. Um... Where the hell was I? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, give the, the pairings again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Top pairing. Duncan Keith and Connor Murphy. This is entirely shocking. I cannot believe that those two are paired together. We've never seen it before, right? Right. Totally. The second pairing, which is infinitely more interesting and something we may actually discuss without being sarcastic, Nikita Zadorov and Adam Boquist. That sounds like a pairing that could be there on opening night as far as I'm concerned. I think that that's a really interesting pairing of skill sets and attributes. And I know that Boquist kind of like fell out of favor, at least with a few Blackhawks fans last season, just kind of based on the uh, decline in his play, I guess. But I, 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 de- I know. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that I lost faith in him. Like God only knows I didn't. I still believe in David Camp. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> What we will talk about is I think Zadorov could be a really good pairing mate for him. Like, I think that that's I think you had said it when the Blackhawks acquired Zadorov that that would potentially be an interesting one to look at. And I kind of like it. So that's one that I kind of hope is there on the ice against Tampa Bay, because I would love to see the dynamics of that and how it like actually plays when they're on the ice. I really like that, too. And I felt like just based on stuff Bowman said 
shortly after acquiring Zadorov that he did definitely have an eye on having Zadorov paired with either Mitchell or Boquist. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that it's Boquist because I do feel like, and again, this is based on just reading the tea leaves from what people are saying, that Mitchell's defensive game is probably a little past Boquist already mm-hmm. just because of the style of player they are. Um, so and also because of their ages and Mitchell has the more experience in the North American game and with the NCAA and all that. Exactly. So uh, I like that. The question is, where is that? So is that your third pairing? Because then you don't have a ton of Boquist on the ice at that point. So that that's mm-hmm. kind of my the deployment is more my concern than anything. I like the pairing, but I feel like I'd rather see those two out there more than you know, Murphy or DeHaan or like, you know what I mean? Like it's, I like Murphy a lot and I like DeHaan a lot, but again, development, development, development. Let's let these young guys who have proven their NHL ready. And I would say Bogus is one of them, even though it was an uneven sort of a year for him. Let's get them out there. Five on five penalty kill, uh, you know, everything. We want to have them on the power play. I w- you'll hear in our hurricanes preview, um, I talked to Alec Campbell, who is the pre and post game host for the Hurricanes. Don't remind me that I wasn't able to participate in this, dude. Life happens. It's okay. Everyone forgives you. But I am the um, jo- I am the Hurricanes like advocate on this podcast. I was so bummed out. I know. Well, so we, we were talking about Sebastian Ajo and Tavo Teravine, and he said one of the things that um, Rod Brindamore did to improve their defensive game was like, screw it, go kill penalties. Just get out there and do it. And that was Rod Brindamore's way of getting Aho and Teravinen to take that next step in their defensive game. He just threw them into the fire. That's what they should be doing here with these young players. Get them out there, play them, play them, play them, and let them develop just by saturation, I guess, is the way to put it. I like it. Yeah, and I I think the interesting thing to me, too, is like, yes, I do want the Blackhawks to obviously develop these guys. I just I think that there is something to the idea of pairing them up with a more veteran guy to kind of bring the best out of their games. I know that they've tried to do that in the past with Boquist and Duncan Keith. I just I think that Zadorov just kind of fits that bill of the type of guy whose game just fits in really nicely and complements Boquist and allows Boquist to kind of do the things that make him great. And I wonder if that's kind of a similar thing to what they're going for with the other pairing that I was kind of keeping my eye on which is Calvin DeHaan and Ian Mitchell. And they've been raving about Ian Mitchell throughout the couple of days that they've been practicing. And I think rightfully so. You you alluded to what Stan Bowman had told us about where Ian Mitchell is in his development and where they feel like he is. It it seems to me like he's going to be a guy who's going to come in and they're going to give him top four minutes like instantly because they're really confident where he is and putting him with a guy like Tahan I think is a really interesting decision and it's one that I'm wondering how long that pairing will last like I could see him kind of bouncing around maybe get some time with Zadorov maybe get some time with Connor Murphy but they they're so bullish on him and they they all talk about his hockey IQ his uh instincts on the ice his skill set obviously and it's really cool to hear those kind of things about a Blackhawks defenseman because it's been so long since this team really developed a top-tier kind of defensive prospect, and it's going to be great to see if that skill translates to the NHL, and I do think that putting him with DeHaan is a pretty smart idea. I also like, too, that now you have three pairings with a puck mover and a stay-at-home type. 
Yep, that and that's great. I love that mix. I love that it's not just kind of some static thing where it's like, well, this is where possession goes to die. This is where you're going to constantly have odd man breaks because both of these guys want to shoot the puck. Like, I like the balance of it. By the way, a uh, little bit of an update today, Tuesday. I'm sorry, Wednesday the 6th. Nikita Zadorov did not participate. He was unfit to participate in practice. Like we talked about with Seabrook, no details there. Damn it, Boquist. He probably hit him with like his stick or something. And Zadorov's <laughs> like, I don't want this anymore. I thought we weren't wildly speculating on things in the podcast anymore. I, I thought we just wildly speculated about Brent Seabrook. And about Marion Hosa. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick time out. We got a couple other league-wide things to get to. Before we do, want to tell you about our friends at Dr. Squatch Natural Soap Company. Look, um, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. And James and I... Uh, have been meaning to, to let you guys know you, you kind of smell there's a little bit of a stench going on we boy we smell it through the microphones yeah we were trying to be polite but it's gotten to the point now where we can't be uh, polite anymore you know I tell my daughter that everyone remembers who the smelly kid is when they grow up well you're the smelly guy so go to drsquatch.com it's okay it's gonna be fine go to drsquatch.com Get yourself some thick bricks of soap. Get yourself that hair care kit. The deodorant will last and last and last. When you're ready to check out, use that promo code MADHOUSE20. You'll save on your order. You'll help the podcast at the same time because we just helped you. So help us help you again. DrSquatch.com. The code is MADHOUSE20. Uh, I am, a, what do you call it, a evangelist for Dr. Squatch. I love it. If you came to my bathroom, please don't. But if you did, you'd see Dr. Squatch soap. Dr. Squat shampoo, conditioner, and deodorant, toothpaste. Everything I use for my body is Dr. Squatch because I love it. I don't get it for free. I pay for it like you do. I use the promo code because it reverse helps myself, but hey, I pay for it. It's awesome. I promise you. DrSquatch.com. Use that promo code MADHOUSE20 at checkout. You'll save 20%. Uh, pro tip. If you're getting soap, get yourself that soap saver. It will protect your investment. It'll last much, much longer. It's a one-time investment that you will not regret. All right. A lot more to come back with, including the new conference names uh, in the NHL. This is, <laughs> this is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm. Is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir. Mm. Yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name's Jay Zawoski. Thanks for tuning in. James Neville, my partner out there in bourbon a before we get to the uh hawks news and the nhl news we have I want to tell you about our friends at fry the coop and fry the coop.com james i had to pick up more copies in my book this weekend and i'm driving uh down chicago avenue nice humble brag by and the i'm way. really hungry so i'm like oh sweet at mcdonald's pull off get a mcdonald's like, all right well that was good then i went uh like three more blocks and drove by fry the coop and i almost drove off the road and got under my car to run over myself. I was so mad. I had no idea I was that close to the West Town location of Fry the Coop. I blew it. Don't be like me. Don't be like Jay. <laughs> West Town, Prospect Hikes, Oaklawn, Elmhurst, coming very soon to Tinley Park. What is Fry the Coop? Fry the Coop is the best damn Nashville hot chicken you'll ever have. Tenders, sandwiches, chicken and waffles, everything hot chicken, they do it and they master it. 
at Fry the Coop. So go to frythecoop.com, place your order online for whichever location is closest to you. You can dr- walk up there. They got a takeout window. It is very easy, very safe, very fast. I promise you will go back to Fry the Coop again and again. Frythecoop.com. Come get your happiness at Fry the Coop. I love it. I love everything that you just said, including the wonderful visual of you somehow getting out of your car and running yourself over. Yeah. I, well, I think we can all envision it, which is what I appreciated about it. No, it's it. fine. I, I, I deserve this. I, I forgot Fry the Coop was here. Okay, sir, you're fine. If people are just helping me. Like People are getting in the car to add weight. Like, yeah, you deserve like, this. No, nah, we, we got to end this guy. Like he, <laughs> do you know, he hosts a food podcast, you know? Right. And he chose McDonald's over freaking Fry the Coop. I know. Never I forget. I know. Uh, speaking of uh, decisions that you may later regret, Stan Bowman uh, was asked about. Was that? Did you like that segue? That was I beautiful. Thought, I thought that was really good. I, did, um, I loved it. We alluded earlier to uh, Stan Bowman's conversation with the Athletic, and I, I thought there was a couple of really interesting quotes in there um, from him about the decision to send Kirby Doc to the World Junior Championships. Obviously, as we all know, Kirby Doc walked away from the World Championships with a broken wrist and likely will miss the NHL season. Mm-hmm. We've already weeped and gnashed teeth and done all that stuff. And I'm just going to say what Stan Bowman said here. In Kirby's case, with the request from Team Canada and Kirby and his agent weighing in, this was very important to them at the time. There was nothing happening in our training world. We weren't training as a team, so this was actually a beneficial decision. Kirby was able to go with Team Canada in early November, so he had a full month of team training. So I actually looked at it as us giving us a potential leg up on all the other teams. So he said that, and then he also had mentioned that the chances of Kirby Doc getting hurt were obviously exceedingly low. There weren't many players that suffered any type of serious injuries during the World Championships. He said that it all played into their calculus. But the way they were looking at it was it was an opportunity for Doc to continue his development and to get some team training in while the NHL teams were not gathered together. So basically kind of articulated everything that we had said heading into the Edmonton bubble and... He said they rolled the dice and they lost, and that's kind of the way that Stan Bowman was uh, thinking about it. What did you think of his response to that question? I think it's it's makes perfect sense, and it's hard to look at these things. You know, everyone if had he known he was going to get injured, of course he changed his mind. But I still think, despite the injury, it was the right thing to do for that reason. And look, if anyone watched last night's gold medal game, and if you didn't, what are you doing? It was awesome. Team USA beats Team Canada th- two nothing. Uh, and Bowen Byram, who you all remember from the last draft, the, the Kirby Doc draft, was the replacement captain for Doc. And at the end of the World Junior Championship Games, they named the player of the game for each team. Win or lose, each player gets a player named. Byram was Team Canada's player. And when they announced his name, he was so distraught from losing the gold medal that he turned to a teammate and buried his weeping face into his teammate's shoulder. This tournament means the world to these kids. And I know it's not the biggest thing in America, but in Canada and in Europe, the World Junior Championships are huge. And that cannot be ignored. And um, you saw the next generation of great hockey players playing uh, last night and throughout this entire tournament. And it means so much to them. And James, just a little sidebar here. What I loved, this is a new thing they did because of COVID, was they had the captains hand the teammates their medals. That was really cool, and I hope it's something that they keep 
But again, it was just so hard to watch Bowen Byram, who is so heartbroken about losing that game, having to give each of his teammates a medal. And then like every time a guy came up to him, the emotions would stir up again. It was like every 10 seconds, another onslaught of emotion. But it was cool to watch. And I'm telling you, this means so much. And it, and Bowman later in the interview sort of mentions that they know that that them letting him play they're going to keep that in mind down the road. The agent mm-hmm. and Kirby are going to remember that the Hawks said, hey, look, we know how important this is to you. Go do it. Go do it. And uh, and Bowman acknowledged, like, hey, we know that, that that down the road, it wasn't a huge factor, but it was it was a factor they considered on you know the future relationship with Kirby Doc, who will be due a big contract someday and maybe cuts off half a million. Who knows? We don't know. But these things are, despite the bad outcome, I think it was the right decision. And uh, it just sucks that the main reason I was excited to watch the Hawks this year, Kirby Doc, is out for, you know, for all intents and purposes the entire year. I, I agree. And obviously you saw a lot, like you had mentioned, this tournament clearly does mean a lot to those kids who participate in it. And congratulations to Team USA, just absolutely loaded top to bottom. And so many of those players had such big tournaments and, it's kind of amazing to me knowing that those guys are going to be potentially playing in the NHL in the next year or two, and you just like look up and down their roster at the quality of players, and then you wonder what kind of impact like that tournament is going to have on a player like Landon Slaggart, who may not be kind of the household name that some of the other guys like your Spencer Knights are right now, but just being around Ooh. those guys. Man, Spencer Knight was so good. Spencer Knight was awesome. Um, like, it's like so many of them were awesome. And Z- uh, Zegris and Zegris, Alex are... Turcott, Cole Caulfield was it, awesome. Zegris is Montreal, right? Uh, Zegris, I believe, is no, he's no, Anaheim. Cole Caulfield is, Caulfield is uh, Montreal. Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, Zegris is a oh, king, man. I think. Right? Uh, he is a. Uh, I just or is said he a duck? Duck. He's a duck. Yeah, he's Anaheim a duck. duck. The Alex Turcott or is a king. Right. My mistake. They're, the Kings and Ducks, I think, had combined like seven players on the U.S. roster. Well, look, if you have NHL Network. Chances are they're just going to be replaying that game until the season begins. <laughs> so find just it. watch Trevor Zegris. I'm telling oh, you Zegers guys, awesome. like he was so good in that tournament. I think he had like 26 points or something like yeah. that. Like he just he was the MVP of the tournament for a reason. He was just absolutely dominant, and you just again look up and down that lineup, and it's amazing the talent that the United States has coming up the pipeline. And by the way, since you know this is our show, and I can do what I want. Kudos to the USHL. They developed a lot of these kids. So if you want to go out and check out a Chicago Steel game, I would highly advise it. Steel games are awesome. You will see future NHL players playing for the Steel, playing against the Steel. I'm going to try, when things open up, anytime they play the the national development team, I'm going to try to get out there for those games because that's where you really see the future of the NHL, but it's where I saw Evan Barrett play, and that's why I started the love affair with him. Yeah, fine. you never know. Find that gold medal game on NHL Network. I, I promise you it's out there. But stay for the medal ceremony because you're going to see. If you were like, eh, this isn't that big of a deal, you'll see how important this was to these kids. And you'll hear the American team sing very off-key the National Anthem. Oh, good thing they're good <laughs> hockey players because they do not have a future as performing artists. Oh, and the best is uh, the hot mic just catching everybody swearing. And Steven Nelson, the play-by-play guy, was like, yep. He would just sort of like comment on the swears. <laughs> He's like, we have did it, boys. You sure did. <laughs> it was really good. And I thought he did. Steven Nelson, 
up-and-coming broadcast star. That dude did a great job at the tournament, remotely calling games from, you know, a junior teams he probably had to learn in pretty short order. Uh, I was really impressed with his broadcasting. All right. I've, I've always loved his work on MLB Network, too. He's definitely a versatile broadcaster. I like him a lot. James, are you ready? Oh, is this the is it corporate sponsorship time? Buddy, I am so excited to annoy our listeners that every time I mention the Central Division from here on out, I will refer to it as the Discover Card Central Division. Can they like give me like a discount on my uh, credit card bill that I have with them? Like, can I get like some money lopped off my minimum payment if I keep saying? I that? hope so. Actually, I have Discover. This has turned into an ad read. And yeah, I said, we both do. It sounds like. <laughs> and I said, hey, um, I have an acute case of the pores. Can I get some relief? And they're like, okay, here's a year of relief. I'm like, oh, cool. They like just cut my interest rate in half. So it's so a call. Yeah. What the hell? Okay. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to do that then. It doesn't hurt to ask. Well, I mean, th- just just a reminder to our listeners, we are awash with money because of this podcast. <laughs> so Jay just committed credit card fraud. I did. Uh, those bastards at the Mass Mutual East Division wouldn't do that for you. Neither. You know what? Honda wouldn't <laughs> give us a free car, and they sponsor the West Division. Yeah, and Scotia wouldn't give us any loonies. So when, the, when North the Scotia, Division. North Division, and the Mass Mutual East Division take each other on, are they going to say you can take that to the bank? <laughs> oh, or LeBanc. Oh, yes, where because it happening. is the North Division. You're right. And if the the Quebecois, is that how you say it? Like, I, I should know. So. I have a Quebec flag in my office. <clears throat> but so, okay, I have to ask, Jay, why is everybody getting so worked up about this? Because it's something different. <sighs> different is bad, Jay. Don't you get it? Yeah, different bad. Look. This is money. Money for the league is good. If you want money revenue, for the league, lay off fewer workers. It's yes. great. If you want revenue to go up and then you, therefore the salary cap goes up, therefore you can afford to play, pay more and better players. That's a good thing for everybody, including the players. That's a good thing. Revenue is good, which leads us to the new thing. People are going to be pissed about the helmet, helmet ads. Who? cares <clears throat> do you really look at the sticker on the helmet while you're watching the game like no. really like oh i used to me and my pappy used to watch these games and when we watched the games the sticker was a blackhawk logo i don't know if you know this jay but if you look at a sticker <laughs> on a helmet you instantly like have to go and buy that product it's a rule why well, so, I, I don't know what what do I need to buy then? We don't know what the Hawks one is yet, but I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, the Blackhawks haven't announced it. We're assuming it's either going to be fifth, third, or United, just based on where they play. So but I have to buy an airplane? I guess. Shoot. <sighs> Gotta call well, our our again. Patreon is not that lucrative. <laughs> no, it's not. If you'd like to help it, patreon.com. Oh, my God. No, that, boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, all right, fine. That was too far. But yeah, let's don't get bent out of shape about these sponsorships. It's it's look, our sport hockey is a little bit niche. We have to we all have to admit that. And that's okay, be- basketball players have had uh, sponsors on their jerseys for several years now. Do you yes. still hear people complaining about that? Uh, no, because it doesn't matter. And the other thing is, Team USA. By the way, those white USA jerseys might wow. be my favorite sports uniform. Period. They are chefs kiss amazing and i think the chipotle ad actually added something to it <laughs> of course you would say that so i'm like oh i want chipotle now oh wait hockey oh somebody made a joke the other day that they should have worn baja fresh for the uh preliminaries <laughs> and then upgraded to chipotle for the playoffs. qdoba yeah <laughs> yeah no that's for yeah that's for team switzerland they got to work their way up to chipotle 
I, I'm, I'm neutral on that joke. But no, Oh, God. All right, let's end this thing for the sake of our listeners. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. A reminder, our season previews will start trickling out on Friday. Remember, we're doing Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, and Tampa. Uh, I think I'm going to do Carolina and, and uh, Detroit. We're going to put out on Friday morning. So be looking for those. Uh, our first guest, Alec Campbell, the Hurricanes pre- and post-game host, and Len Casper, the voice of the White Sox. Yep, got to say it. And a lifelong Detroit Red Wings fan. That dude loves hockey maybe more than he loves baseball. We'll find out in our interview with him. Uh, but We're going to ask him that directly. Oh, absolutely. Um, so thanks for listening, and we are one week away from actual hockey. We'll have games to break down. We'll be doing post-game shows. It's going to be great. Hockey is so, so close. Thanks for sticking with us. We've got it. We're here. We're at the finish line. Next time we talk, the puck willeth droppeth. For my partner, James DeVoe, my name is Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marichka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com.